Lecture topic. Impressing Allah. Amma ba'du fa'anir rajim bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Ya ayyuhal muddathir qum fa'anthir wa rabbaka fakabbir wa thiyabaka fatahhir wa rujza fahjur wa la tamnun tastakthir wa li rabbika fasbir. Sadaqallahul azim. Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters. Last week we had briefly discussed some aspects about having the greatness of Allah Ta'ala in our hearts and that this is the primary purpose for which we have come to the madrasa to learn to recognize Allah Ta'ala. And when one recognizes Allah Ta'ala, who is our Rabb, who has created us, who is sustaining and nourishing us, and with whose fazal and karam and ihsan, whose favor and blessing it is that we are breathing, that we eat, we digest the food that we eat, we do a countless number of things with all the different limbs of our body that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, the number of times we use our eyes to look at so many things, every step that we take, the ears that we listen with, the sounds, the things that we are learning, the things that we listen to people who are around us, which makes us feel comfortable, the sense of smell, that all the time that helps us to distinguish between what is good for us in terms of something that we want to eat, or something that might be a problem. And likewise, if there's a danger Sometimes that sense of smell alerts us to it that there's perhaps a, some smoke from somewhere, there's a fire perhaps somewhere. And then the hands and feet, and then the heart, there's so many organs that are how they are functioning, we don't even have any idea. The limbs within us, the heart, the liver, the lungs, and then the lungs, subhanallah, there's so many things in that which function. Uh, as every like small little limbs on their own, so to say, and every other aspect in the Quran Sharif, Allah Taala says, "Wafi anfusikum afala tubsirun." That within yourselves, don't you see? Don't you ponder? Don't you think about what Allah Taala has blessed you with? So now we have come to Madrasa to recognize our Rabb. If we have something else in mind that I came primarily to learn some maths and science or something else, then we miss the point completely. Then we completely miss the point. It's like somebody saying that they built the house for the sake of the bathroom. Now nobody builds the house for the sake of the bathroom, but the house is incomplete without the bathroom. So the bathroom will also be built. But if somebody says they built this whole big house because of the bathroom, Something is seriously wrong here. So the house, the primary aspects that the house is built for is that whatever the day-to-day requirements of a home are, there must be a place that a person can rest comfortably. There must be a place, that's the room that he will sleep in. There must be a place where he can prepare his food. So that's where the kitchen is. And likewise, the other facilities of the home. But that home is incomplete without the bathroom, but nobody builds the home because of the bathroom. 
So likewise, we have come here to Madrasa because we want to learn to recognize our Rabb, recognize who has created us, who is sustaining us, with whose will we are surviving, and at every step, at every breath, we are totally dependent on His favor, on His blessing. Now, when the Marifat of Allah Ta'ala has been achieved, when we recognize our Rabb, it's only upon recognition and to the extent of recognition that there will be azmat and the greatness of Allah Ta'ala in the heart. So, this is the sequence with which it happens. To the extent we have recognized Allah Ta'ala, to that extent we will have the greatness of Allah Ta'ala in our heart, and to that extent there will be obedience. Obedience is proportion to azmat. How much of greatness of Allah Ta'ala? That extent of obedience to Allah Ta'ala. And the extent of obedience to Allah Ta'ala, that then further builds the bond with our Rabb. Then the bond is strengthened, and now this becomes a further help to the person to now be more involved in Allah Ta'ala's ibadat, in serving the deen of Allah Ta'ala, in doing good, staying away from all evil. So the starting point again is that we have to recognize Allah Ta'ala. Now in the process of trying to recognize our Rabb, mashallah on one level, every mu'min recognizes that his Rabb is Allah Ta'ala. On one level, there cannot be iman if that recognition is not there. Everybody has recognized, every mu'min has recognized that Allah Ta'ala is one. Allah Ta'ala has no partner. Allah Ta'ala is since ever and forever. Allah Ta'ala alone is worthy of worship. Allah Ta'ala has created the entire creation. Allah Ta'ala is the one who provides everything. So this much and various other aspects in this regard, every mu'min has faith in, he has iman in it. That is a level of marifat. He has iman in it. But like everything else, has varying levels. Somebody's strength is such that they can carry a hundred kilos in one hand. So now that's strength also. And somebody struggles to carry ten kilos with both hands also. Now both have strength, but there's a world of difference between the strength of the two people. Somebody is barely managing to walk, he is struggling to walk, and the other is sprinting. And he is running all the way from one place to another place, 50 kilometers away. Both have strength, but nobody can compare these two as saying that both are equal. There is a world of difference between them. So, mashallah, one level of ma'rifat, we all have, every mu'min has, that we have recognized Allah Ta'ala, we have faith in Allah Ta'ala being the only one worthy of worship. Allah is alone, He has no partner, He alone has created the whole universe, and we all will have to answer to Him on the day of Qiyamah. But this is one level of ma'rifat, but the levels that follow thereafter are really unlimited. But unfortunately, we are content with that very, very basic level. 
Now one is that basic level of strength. Somebody can barely walk. He can just maybe support himself, hold or maybe lean on a walking stick or use somebody else to help him and get from one point to the other. Very, very weak. Just barely managing to take the steps. So that person also gets to the some point. But now that person can't run away from any danger. Suddenly if a dog starts rushing towards them, the person helping may run away perhaps, if that person is not brave enough to face the dog. And this person will get left standard. He'll get attacked. Many years back, it was Urbani time, and on some farm somewhere, a lot of people were gathered there for the Qurbani, and some animal, one, one ox, somehow broke loose. So one person was now pushing some elderly person on the wheelchair, who had also come now, but he was on a wheelchair. So now suddenly when this ox broke loose, everybody ran helter-skelter. And it started running in the direction of this person who was pushing an elderly person on the wheelchair. The person was able to walk, but was very difficult for him to walk. So he was on a wheelchair, and uh, because of his weakness and so on, now when this ox started coming head straight for them, the person who was pushing the wheelchair left the wheelchair and ran away. So now this elderly person got left alone. Allah's fuzzal that that ox just ran past him, didn't hurt him in any way. But now this is the lesson that we have to, if, if the person doesn't have his own strength, others around will disappear sometimes. He doesn't have his own strength, he's at a loss. He's helpless and he can get attacked. It was fortunate in this incident that that animal just ran past. So now, this is a lesson to take in terms of ma'rifat, in terms of the strength of iman, that the attacks out there are all the time from nafs, from shaitan, from the human agents of shaitan, that are taking us in so many different directions, making us leave behind what is most valuable to us to take things which are of total scrap value and of no value it is it can't be compared in any way like for example the traps of shaitan that make us leave the sunnah of Nabi Kareem and his Mubarak way of life and the haya that he taught the simplicity that he gave the ummah and to take something which the West has given in the name of Western fashion. Now, leaving what to take what? One is if a person left behind a diamond to take some stone. So stone too, you can't compare it with a diamond in any way. A diamond is a diamond and a stone is a stone. But stone also has some, some benefit in some way. A lot of stone put together, people, that's what they use in concrete, etc. It's stone, but then it's valuable in a sense. It's value. You can't compare one bit to the diamond. That whole concrete slab that was laid might not compare to the size of, to the, to the value of one diamond. But it's nevertheless got some value. So now if somebody left a diamond and took a stone too, you'd say, well, okay, it's a stone, but, but imagine somebody left the diamond aside, and picked up some dung. He says, no, he wants this in place of that. And it's smelly, it's disgusting. 
But now the person wants to take that dung in place of that. Unfortunately, when marifat is weak, that marifat, weak marifat, the greatness of Allah Ta'ala is not where it should be. Not to the extent that it should be. When the greatness of Allah Ta'ala is not where it should be, then what Allah Ta'ala loves, that love is not in our hearts where it should be. Recently, I happened to just meet one very elderly person. Simple person, not an alim or somebody learned, very simple person. He was in his late 80s. So he, people sometimes say something, some line comes from them, some words come from them, in a very simple way. But sometimes it's a really great lesson. And these lessons sometimes are very deep, but it comes in such a simple way, from a simple person, and we don't pay attention to it, we don't take that benefit of sometimes very, very great lessons. So now, this person in his late 80s, talking casually, just about this, that and the other, and then uh, says, well, you know, this is my age now, so, I have to try and impress Allah Ta'ala. This was a very, very deep lesson. What does, how does a person impress Allah Ta'ala? With western fashion? Or with the sunnah of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Allah Ta'ala loves the sunnah so much, Allah Ta'ala declared in the Qur'an Sharif, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبُكُمُ اللَّهِ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ That, O oh Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you declare to the entire ummah, if you love Allah Ta'ala, then display that love in which way? فَاتَّبِعُونِي If this is your claim, that you love Allah Ta'ala, then follow my way of life. Follow what I have given you meaning what Nabi Kareem has presented to the Ummah, then follow that, what will be the outcome of this? Yuhbibukumullah, Allah will love you. In other words, Allah is so, now this is for the sake of a word, and this is what we all the time are trying to do, unfortunately. We're trying to impress people, we're trying to impress society, we're trying to impress friends, we're trying to impress family, we're trying to impress enemies also. People who we don't like, we're trying to impress them also. So now we're doing things sometimes which we can't, buying things we can't afford also, so that we can show off to others. Everything must be on a status now. We must enhance our status by updating the status all the time. Islam teaches us humility. But no, we need to be updating our status all the time. This is where I went. This is what I did. This is how I'm flying now. This is where I'm holidaying. This is what I bought. And this is what I did. And now this status, status, trying to chase that status. Why? To impress people. Now everybody must read where I went. Everybody must see what I did. They must get impressed somewhere. So now we are all trying to impress others. MashaAllah, this elderly person, in his very simple way, he said, this is my age now. In other words, now my time is ticking now. I don't know how long I'm around. That doesn't apply to him only. Every one of us is in the same boat. It's just that when a person reaches such an old age, 
that the person naturally becomes very much more conscious that my time is ticking. But how many a person he has who are much younger than him, he has attended their janazas, they, they are gone, he's still around. Allah knows best, he might hear about our janaza. He might still be around and hear about our janaza. But he is already now applying his mind and subhanallah, what a wonderful way he said it. He said, now I need to impress Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala, what is the meaning of impressing Allah Ta'ala? Meaning doing that which Allah Ta'ala becomes pleased with us. Allah Ta'ala becomes pleased when we conduct ourselves in the way that Nabi Kareem has taught us. But when we are going to be able to want to do that, shun the things of the West, their styles, their fashion, their way of life, their manner of their weddings, their manner of their social functions, their manner of other things and everything in life, and want to do that which Nabi Kareem presented to the Ummah, to preserve the haya that he presented to the Ummah, the way of life he presented, to follow in his Mubarak footsteps, when that will come? It will come to the extent of the azmat of Allah Ta'ala. It all comes back to the same root issue. That to the extent of marifat, now we have the greatness of Allah Ta'ala. Now when the greatness of Allah Ta'ala is there, we will want to impress Allah Ta'ala, to use this word again. We will want to impress Allah Ta'ala. But now how to impress Allah Ta'ala? Impressing Allah Ta'ala refers to gaining His favors, gaining His grace, gaining His mercy, gaining His forgiveness, gaining His guidance, gaining His special help, His closeness, His mahabba. So now how will this happen? When we do that which He loves. What Allah Ta'ala loves? Allah Ta'ala is spelt out in the Qur'an Sharif. قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبُكُمُ اللَّهِ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ Follow in the footsteps of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah Ta'ala will love you and Allah Ta'ala will forgive you. This is what we are being told. So now we all want this. Every mu'min wants this. But now we need to come to the point of building up our love for Allah Ta'ala, developing the greatness of Allah Ta'ala in our hearts and enhancing the strength of Iman. So now, this is a process. It doesn't happen with a wish. It doesn't just happen by just dreaming about it. It's a process. One odd situation here and there where somebody just woke up in the morning and suddenly they had a change of heart and their heart was filled with inspiration to do something positive now, and suddenly the heart was brimming with iman. It happens. So Allah Ta'ala's favor on somebody that it happens in that manner extraordinarily. And sometimes these extraordinary things happen because the person did something which Allah Ta'ala was very pleased with. Sometimes it's one small action which was done with utmost sincerity and was done in an extraordinary way, somebody went really out of their way for something, Allah loved that, that became the means of tawfiq, and became the means of hidayat. And that hidayat now, like the incident that is mentioned in the Hadith Sharif, that woman of ill repute, but in that moment, it was a sudden situation, she sees this dog dying of thirst, there was no way to just bring the water out, she descended into that well, which was a a dangerous thing maybe also, 
and a task, but for what she was undertaking this difficulty. She took undertook this difficulty upon herself, she descended into that well, and she filled her sock with water, leather sock. And according to some narration, she had to lower that sock to the point of the water by tying it to her scarf. Now, this is another lesson, that this was a woman of ill repute. It was a woman who had very low morals. But even in that time, in that time, a woman of ill repute, of very low morals, what we will call a bad woman. Even a bad woman had a scarf. Even a bad woman didn't dare come out bareheaded. So in other words, there was that level of still some shame, despite the ill repute. So in any case, the point was that she undertook all this. It was a moment where nobody was there, nobody was watching what's going on here. One dog is dying, dog is dying of thirst. And it moved her to do something. So it was not just, okay, there's a water, just put it in front. She went the extra mile and went and got the water out and presented to this dog what it became the means of that then the door of Hidayat opened out for her. Which brought about sincere toba, it brought about a change of life, it brought about a betterment, and it became a means of her forgiveness. So the Hadith Sharif, it is stated, Allah Ta'ala forgave her, it means that she then got this tawfiq of toba, and this went on to this point where she, mashallah, gained Allah's special favor. So the point is that this doesn't just happen generally by just thinking about it, just a dream, there's an effort. The odd situation, mashallah, they do something extraordinary, Allah loves that, Allah Ta'ala blesses them in an, in an amazing way, out of the ordinary. The rest of us are going to have to make an effort for it. So now, the root issue at the moment as we discussed is bringing the greatness of Allah Ta'ala in our heart. How does this get developed in the heart? The things that impact on the heart, there are three pathways to the heart, super highways, freeways, multi-lane freeways. And like sometimes, like in certain countries, there are some freeways, say you are allowed to drive on that particular freeway at a very high speed. The freeways of the that go to the heart are beyond those speeds also. One is the freeway of the eyes. What a person looks at, that is a direct link to the heart. Person just saw something, and in that instant the heart, it captured that image. In one brief moment, fraction of a second, now that's how fast it is, the speed of light. So what is that super highway, somebody can drive at 300 kilometers an hour. This is the speed of light is happening. In that one moment that image got captured on the heart. Now the heart became affected by that image. And the heart now is starting to get deeper into what got captured onto the heart. Now that's one way in which the heart is impacted on. The other is the ears. What a person hears. Now what a person hears impacts on the heart. We hear good things, it has a good impact on the heart. We hear evil talk, it has an 
bad effect on the heart. The good that we hear, and we hearing it with a good intention, with talab, then it creates noor in the heart. It enlightens the heart. It inspires the heart towards righteousness. And a person sits in bad company, listens to some ghibad, listens to some evil talk, listens to some obscenity, the heart gets inclined towards evil. The noor of the heart gets drained away, and the heart gets filled with zulmat and darkness. And that zulmat then starts taking a person towards dark deeds. Because the heart is king, and the heart is filled with zulmat and darkness, so then dark deeds, evil deeds, that is the direction in which one is then dragged towards. So the second pathway to the heart is the ears. And the third pathway to the heart is the tongue. Now the sight we can understand that easily, that what a person sees that impacts the heart, what a person hears impacts the heart, but likewise what a person speaks impacts the heart. All the various tasbihat that we have been taught in the Hadith Sharif by Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So, what is the effect of this? In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam is reported to have said, "La yazalu lisaluka ratbam min dhikrillah." Keep your tongue moist with the remembrance of Allah Taala. So now the tongue must be moist with the remembrance of Allah Taala, but so that it just stays on the tongue? No, the heart is king. And this repetition, and the tongue being moist with the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, is meant to bring the zikr of Allah Ta'ala into the heart. There's an Arabic saying, إِذَا تَكَرَّرَ تَقَرَّرَ The first one, تَكَرَّرَ is with a small calf. And the second one is تَقَرَّرَ with a calf, big calf. So the small calf, Takarrara means repeating. When something is repeated, ita takarrara, then takarrara with a big kaf, then it settles in. So now the repetition of the zikr. So now you'll find many many askar mentioned in the hadith sharif. Recite this hundred times. The one who recites this hundred times in the day, the one who recites this so many times. So now the repetition. That repetition with the tongue, it makes it settle. Settle where? Can't settle on the tongue it settles in the heart. So the tongue is a pathway to the heart. So now, our discussion is about developing the greatness of Allah Ta'ala. So now, one of the pathways to the heart is the tongue. One of the very crucial ways of developing the greatness of Allah Ta'ala is to speak about Allah Ta'ala. Often speak about Allah Ta'ala. Often remember Allah Ta'ala. Make the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. Speak about Allah Ta'ala. Unfortunately, our language has become almost devoid of speaking about Allah Ta'ala. Now, a simple example. Sometimes, somebody congratulated us on something. MashaAllah, you know, we got a good mark in some exam. So, the people of dunya, when somebody congratulates them on something like this, what's the response? Thank you. Thank you for what? Thank you, you recognize my achievement. Thank you, you understood I'm somebody. Thank you, you. Okay, maybe thank you for being kind to me. 
that you impress me, uh, you, you praise me. Maybe somebody in that level, or oh, thank you that uh, you were gracious now, you you being gracious and showering some praise. But then, what's in that? That thank you sometimes makes us more proud then. That now we're focusing on the person's praise. What would be a mu'min's response? Allah's fazal. Allah Ta'ala made this happen. Allah Ta'ala's grace. So now, he's attributing it to the real source. Where it really came from. Because nothing is his. What is his? If it wasn't Allah Ta'ala's grace, Allah's help, Allah Ta'ala's providing that, can a person get anything? Now this is just one very, very simple example of how we just forget about Allah Ta'ala in our conversation. And if that little con- con- consciousness, and now one time somebody said something, we said Allah Ta'ala's fazal, second time, fifth time, ten time in the day, sometimes twenty times in the day. Every time on this one aspect, somebody just said something and we attributed it to Allah Ta'ala. Somebody said something, it was something about you coming or you going or whatever, inshallah. Not just lip service, consciously. If Allah wills, it will happen. If Allah Ta'ala doesn't will, no way, it's just going to be, nothing will happen. And something of, that was pleasing, mashallah. Something of astonishment, subhanallah. Now these are things that happen almost every other minute, something or the other. Something that astonished us, something that pleased us, something that we were a little disturbed by, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. Some inconvenience of some sort. Something that became a source of some ease, alhamdulillah. Now, in just in the few aspects that we were discussing now, these already are things that happen at every other minute. Less than that also that there is something or the other on which we can be expressing some shukr, some sabr, some praise of Allah Ta'ala, some reminding ourselves that it's all from Allah Ta'ala alone. Now when a person keeps doing this over and over again, gradually this consciousness develops in the heart that Allah alone is the provider, Allah alone is the nourisher, Allah alone is the sustainer. Allah alone is the one who has all the qudrat and power. So now when as that settles in the heart, then the marifat of Allah and the azmat of Allah Ta'ala comes in the heart. Now the mahabbat of Allah starts building up. All this my Allah provided. I started eating now, every now and again, alhamdulillah. This is Allah's ni'mat, Allah's gift. Can I achieve this on my own? Think about places in the world at this point in time, where they are Starving. This is Allah's na'mat on us that we have ample things to eat and we just don't give any second thought to it. So now, this is one, one angle in which we bring the name of Allah Ta'ala onto our tongue. The second thing is to talk from time to time about the greatness of Allah Ta'ala. Subhanallah, look at this sky Allah created. What a vast sky. End to end, no pillar holding it up. All what the scientist stories are, the scientists will not want to believe that there's a creator. So because they don't want to believe that there's a creator, so now they have to make some theory of some... Whatever their theory is, if that theory is correct also, but who created that? 
if their theory is that the clouds uh, filled up with water that came up through the um, whatever system it is that the water then evaporated from the seas and then it got absorbed into the clouds and then it rained so the clouds came from nowhere came from thin air and that water that evaporated from the ocean that water came from nowhere so even if the theory is correct that that's the system by which it happens but who created the system so that's where they stopped by this is a system water came from nowhere it just came away and the cloud just came away and that evaporation happened just like that the sun that put the heat onto the water that caused the evaporation the sun came from nowhere so Allah's system if they came to the correct uh, conclusion of what the system is but who created the system Allah Ta'ala created the system so but they refused to recognize the creator now we need to start recognizing Allah Ta'ala in all these things it's Allah Ta'ala who brought the sun on time not a single day from the day Allah put the system did the sun come one second late one second late half a second late who's controlling this Ask any scientist, the sun come up half a second late any day? Oh, never, can never, impossible. But who's controlling the sun? It's on its own. So to ponder over these things, and to talk about it, and in order to build this greatness of Allah Ta'ala in our heart, we see a countless number of things around us, but we fail to recognize the creator of these things. So now this is an effort, it's something to train our minds to do train our hearts to do and by speaking about it from time to time we should be speaking in all these simple ways bring Allah Ta'ala into our conversations what not we brought into our conversation but our conversations are devoid of the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala so often so Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq that we need to come onto this path what we have come here for what our purpose of coming to the madrasa is to recognize our Rabb that's our purpose and when we recognize Him, then obviously we need to know how to fulfill what He wants from us. So all this goes side by side. Therefore we have to learn about all the masail, we have to learn about the akhlaq, we have to learn about the mu'amalat and mu'asharat, how to fulfill our ibadat. Because all this is what's going to bring us towards the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. So Allah Ta'ala, give us the tawfiq that we become very conscious of Allah Ta'ala and we speak about the greatness of Allah Ta'ala and become conscious about this marifat that we should be bringing into our hearts, the muhabbat of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa his Mubarak way of life, and then just to finish off again on that line, which the simple statement of this one elderly person, let us try to start impressing Allah Ta'ala. Let us make that our goal. Stop impressing people. Stop bothering about who's thinking what about us. Let us try to impress Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala give me and all of us the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma lakal hamdu kulluhu wa lakal shukru kulluhu Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu rabbana walamna anfusana wa illam takhfil lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin rabbi khfir warham وَعَفُوا وَتَكَرَّمْ وَتَجَاوَزْ عَمَّا تَعْلَمْ إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْأَعَزُّ الْأَكْرَمْ رَبَّنَا تَوَفَّنَا مُسْلِمِينَ وَالْحِقْنَا بِالشُّهَدَاءِ وَالصَّالِحِينَ غَيْرَ خَزَايَا وَلَا نَدَامَا وَلَا مَفْتُونِينَ 
اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله واصحابه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين